Welcome to the Wonder Women Tech Show, where we highlight, celebrate, and amplify global leaders who are creating impact. We humanize our role models and curate a culture of vulnerability and belonging. This is a show designed to innovate, empower, and ignite. I'm your host, Lisa Mae Brunson. It's Lisa Mae Brunson with the Wonder Women Tech Show. Today's guest is Miss Universe Ireland 2019. Fanula O'Reilly is passionate about technology, advocacy, and storytelling. You can find her advocating for women in diversity in science, technology, arts, engineering, and math. And she's the correspondent for CBS's Mission Unstoppable, helping to change the face of STEM. And if that's not enough, she also works for NASA's International Space Apps Challenge while creating innovative projects with her fellow NASA datanauts. Welcome, Fig. How are you? Yeah, it's so lovely. I'm doing so well. I'm so excited to be speaking with you today. I'm so excited to have you here. You know, you have such an interesting background. I mean, I, you know, I mixed as well, but you come from these beautiful worlds of culture. You know, your mother's African-American, your father is Irish. You are part of a brood of six girls. I mean, I'm the oldest of five, so I get it. But we, you know, there's three girls and two boys. And actually, with I have a half-sister, so I guess now there's four girls and two boys. But I cannot imagine. What was it like growing up? And tell us a little bit about your childhood. Oh, my goodness. It was craziness. <laughs> it was craziness. So I'm the third out of six girls. Oh, you're the middle child. <laughs> yeah, I'm the middle child, you know, which is so funny to me because middle children get a rap for going out of their way to get attention. And I think it's so hysterical because, yeah, I, I may live up to that, um, <laughs> that stereotype. They, according to my sisters, they're like, well, look at you. <laughs> look at you now. It makes sense. It was crazy because, you know, I'm from a military family. And our family, we've been bouncing around Ireland. U.S., Italy, and Germany my whole life. I went to nine different schools growing up. I'm a huge sister person, though. Having so many sisters, it never felt like we were lonely because there's so many of us, and we're all so friendly, and we always would just have a great time. So it was pure craziness, though, traveling so much. It's a lot of energy. It's a lot of balance when there's so many different types of personalities. But I will say, having so many sisters and being such a girl girl I think it definitely drove me to seek out sisterhood later in life like when I was in university I pledged Alpha Kappa Alpha Authority Incorporated and then I pursued becoming Miss Universe Ireland which it also is just one big sisterhood of sorts so you were like already being groomed to really advocate for women and to create ecosystems supporting them Oh, yeah, I think, you know, it's just in my life experience, I very much so identify with, you know, women. And I grew up also, I had four aunts. My dad has four sisters. Uh, and I have two aunts on my mom's side. I don't even have any biologically related uncles. They're all married into the family. 
Oh my gosh. So like the feminine energy in your family is, is amped. And I I mean, one of my sisters, she has two children and they're also both girls. So when I tell you, I've grown up just surrounded by women, you know, I, I absolutely identify and love being able to, you know, be a girl's girl. I think it's definitely been a large part, a large defining thing in my life (laughs) for sure. So even the roles that I have now with CBS's Mission Unstoppable with Miss Universe Ireland and even the Data Nuts program, I've done a lot of work the last couple of years advocating for women, diversity in STEM. And I think it just really stems from my own life experiences being surrounded by women that are strong, powerful, and just absolutely idolizing them. Well, I really love that. You know, like I also, I mean, there was more girls in my family. The the boys were much younger. They're the two youngest. So having that sisterhood. Now, we didn't have this idyllic sisterhood that you have. We were fighting. (laughs) It was not fun. to like double down on that message, you know, because it's really important that we support each other. We advocate for each other and we amplify each other. Absolutely. I love that. I really do. So your father is from Ireland and your mother is from the U.S. There's a lot of differences between them, not just by country, but by culture. Can you share a little bit about what that's like? Because, you know, I'm a mixed child as well. And I went through it. When I went to school, there were no other, like, people were either Black, Mexican, or white. There were not, um, because I grew up in New Mexico, so very large Hispanic culture. Turns out my mother is Hispanic and Native American, but she was adopted and we didn't know. So she's white presenting, so people just saw Black and white, right? And so there was, yeah. And so there wasn't, like, an identity for me. That was my challenge. But did you have any of those challenges? Oh, absolutely. And you're hitting the nail on the head. I mean, identity, what does that even mean? And I think growing up, traveling so much, I was exposed to a lot of different types of culture. And, you know, we're one big family. And when you have six little mixed kids running around with a black mother and a white European father who has an accent, we stood out. And that was not lost on us. And I do think it has taken me years. It took us a lifetime, not just me, but my sisters as well, to figure out our identity and what it really means for us. A lot of people, their identity is rooted in where they grew up. They love their sports teams in their local city. They really, you know, when when someone says, where are you from? They can proudly and strongly profess they are from here. But we never had that. Uh, I, I didn't, I never lived anywhere 
longer than a couple years, like two or three years in a row. Anyway, I've never lived anywhere longer than just a few years. So I, I never really had some sort of deep connection with a location, with a, a place. And my mom's family and my dad's family, we were both very much so involved in our extended families. And they always have like welcomed us in. And we've had shared cultures growing up where my mom's family is very different from my dad's family. For example, you know, my dad's side of the family, my grandmother, she doesn't even have a call her grandma. She wants to be called by her first name. So everyone on my dad's side of the family, we called her by the first name. There's no title associated with aunts and uncles and things like that. But on my mom's side of the family, that is blasphemous. It's a period of trouble if you do not give the respect that they deserve. <laughs> I love it. parts about home and identity. And as you were talking, I was thinking about that in relation to inclusion and belonging. I don't think that we actually take a look at those very important aspects of what make us unique as an employee, as someone in the workforce, that any of those forces could be at play, that anyone could be also wrestling on that very personal level of identity and home. I'm just thinking about future solutions, like thinking about how can we even drill down more personal opportunities and solutions for creating a culture of belonging. So this was, that was really inspiring. Example, it lies at the intersection of a lot of different demographics and experiences. 
And I think for so many people, the dreaded question of where are you from, it can be so confusing. You know, it's like, well, where I'm from, hmm, what does that mean? Does that mean where am I, where was I born? Where, where do I currently live? Where did I spend the most time? That for me was such an awful question because I never would know what to say. But I do think there is something to say for identity and what it'll mean moving forward into the future, I suppose, because for so many people, identity is evolving and it's changing. Yeah, it absolutely is. So it's interesting how important it is to be open. And this is a conversation I've had with so many other people who have been open and who have taken a shot and said yes and walked through a door that they never would have walked into. So you find yourself on the other side and and then here you are, a data knot for NASA. Walk us through that process and what do you, what is a data knot? It's such a cool word. Isn't it? It's like data knot. The data knot program was built on top of one of NASA's women in data initiatives, partially with the intent of getting more women who work in data science opportunities to work with NASA. And the program operates out of NASA headquarters, which is in Washington, D.C., out of the Chief of Information Office. And ultimately, I've been able to work on really awesome projects with people that were located in Asia, South America, all over the U.S. and Europe. And uh, it's really been great also because we are given this platform kind of like an ambassadorship where they want us to be able to speak about our work and the things that we do in a wider sense. So I got my Bachelor of Science in Systems Engineering from the George Washington University. And when I was in high school, I started attending a STEM program at UC Berkeley during my summer. I would go to this program, I'd spend time on campus, and that was my very first real experience with a wide variety of teachers and educators who really could show and teach me about what it meant to work in STEM, whether it was as a scientist, engineer, mathematician, technologist, all of that was my first real moment where I got to understand what it meant and I was blown away and I loved it and that was my first experience coding and I knew that when I was applying to college I was seriously considering studying engineering and so I knew the type of engineering was new I think it came about in the 1970s and it's awesome because you can apply it to so many different fields so many different industries and I'd say it's great because I want to say it's between like 30 and 40 percent of the people that were dating are, are women and they're from a lot of diverse backgrounds and I think that was, this is my very first experience working in a STEM job where it was that high of a breakdown for women. You know, I really love that. I mean, you could hear the passion and excitement for being in a role that you've come to like love and celebrate. And for me, it's no secret. I wanted to be an astronaut. I wanted to be working at NASA. So you're living my dream on a different level. (laughs) I I love that so much. It's a thing that I didn't realize that I would have. But now the older I get, I'm like, this is actually very awesome. And there are people who do attain these kinds of jobs. And it's it's a long journey. (laughs) It's a long journey. But if you do keep it in mind, you never know uh, if you could get there unless you try. So I think it's absolutely something that I'm going to keep my eye on. And we'll see how far I go and how far I get. Well, we're definitely going to keep our eye on you. Let's take a break for today's Pioneering Women in STEAM. A 
And now it's time for today's Pioneering Women segment. Chen Chengwu was a Chinese-American physicist and is considered the first lady of physics. Wu became a physics instructor at Princeton University and at Smith College. In 1944, she joined the Manhattan Project at the Substitute Alloy Materials Lab at Columbia University, focusing on radiation detectors. When the B reactor at Hanford mysteriously shut down soon after it began operating, Wu helped identify poisoning by xenon-135 as the culprit. She conducted the Wu experiment, which proved that parity is not conserved. In 1958, her research helped answer important biological questions about blood and sickle cell anemia. She was also the first woman to serve as president of the American Physical Society. Her awards include the National Medal of Science, the Comstock Prize, and the first honorary doctorate awarded to a woman at Princeton University. She also won the Wolf Prize in Physics in 1978. Her book, Beta Decay, published in 1965, is still a standard reference for nuclear physicists. Thank you for your pioneering contributions, Qian Shengwu. Welcome back, innovators. I've been hanging out with Big O'Reilly, who has been sharing some amazing insights into being a NASA data knot, what it's like to be Miss Universe Ireland, and also taking us down all the pathways that we could take to get to where we need to be today. So Fig, you've made history as the first Black Miss Universe Ireland. So first of all, congrats. <laughs> Thank you. I'm very proud of that. I think in the beginning when I won, it was kind of conflicting because I was so proud. But also at the same time, I was like, it is 2019 and there has not been a woman of color, much less a black woman, who has won Miss Universe Ireland. And we spoke a bit earlier about Irish identity and it is a lot more complicated and diverse than people probably think, but I'm so glad at least that that barrier has finally been broken because there are so many young girls who need to see representation. They need to see themselves in women in media. Yeah, it's so true. I mean, as I mentioned, that's my passion. And the other thing that's so important about this, and I want to share a personal story that involves you with our audience. So, you know, beauty and brains is something that I feel people can't wrap their heads around that a woman can have beauty and brains and beauty looks like so many different things right and you know being a quote unquote pageant winner a beauty queen people have this misconception that they cannot be something else and I can't imagine how your personal experiences have been over the years, but I had a rude awakening when we were contacted by a very prominent columnist for Inc. who basically called me out in Wonder Women Tech and threatened to write a scathing piece about the fact that we included not one, but two beauty queens. This was also with Ryan Richardson, who was the 50th anniversary Miss Black America. And we were so excited excited to have you both agreed to be part of our program. Both of you have impressive backgrounds in STEM, right? So in hindsight, I look back and I'm like, 
screw her. Like, why did I spend so And this was literally hours. I got on phone calls with this woman. We went back and forth on emails. I literally had to prove to her that you guys were who you were. Oh, but no, this is a NASA data knot. No, this is a woman who is a, you know, Ryan is a thought leader in the diversity and inclusion space. Like these women deserve to be on the stage. I had to call you guys and say, hi, ladies, I'm sorry. Because I was not sure if she was going to write this piece. So I had to prepare you with the possibility that something ugly could be coming out. And I remember right. you, you were in Ireland, I believe, at the time. And like, I, sure was. <laughs> I was like coordinating calls I with sure you. Was. And you know what? I'm glad that... Well, I remember telling you, regardless, I'm still, like, if you'll have me, I still want to go. If she wants to put it out, let her put it out. Yeah. You know, and I'm glad that you guys were so great. And I agree with what you said, though. I was embarrassed that here is yet another instance of a woman trying to bring down other women. And unfortunately, in this situation, it was a white woman not doing her due diligence and trying to tear down black women. And she didn't have a leg to stand on. And it's been frustrating, but I'm happy to have the conversation with people to tell them, just because you may be a beauty queen, someone who likes fashion, beauty, makeup, whatever your interests are, it does not negate you from being able to also be an intelligent, successful woman outside of those interests. Thank and you. It seems like such a silly thing to have to defend. However, there have been stereotypes throughout history of women in STEM and there are stereotypes of women in fashion and beauty where they must be airheaded. It's unfortunate sometimes. We as women, we tear each other down. She didn't have to come to you with that. She didn't have to try to attack the program just because we're also beauty queens. If anything, being a beauty queen has taught me that it's an amazing platform to spread messages that you may have. And I've used my platform as Miss Universe Island, spending my year to amplify the work that I've already been doing. I started volunteering, advocating for women in STEM with Girls Who Code, with Black Girls Code, with uh, the Equal Global Partnership. I have done so much work before I was crowned, where I was trying to do what I can for my local communities to let people know that more women and more diversity is needed in these industries because ultimately we're creators of the future and if you don't have people of diverse backgrounds at the table helping to create, then the future won't be for everybody. It's not going to be equitable for all. That work that I've been doing, I was able to amplify that work through being able to win this pageant and using the Miss Universe Ireland platform to spread this message on a national scale. And I'm so proud of that because I've been able to combat these people who are naysayers. Well, beauty queens don't actually do anything. Actually, this is the hardest job I've ever had. <laughs> it's the hardest job I've ever had because it requires so much of your time and your energy. You're traveling around, you're meeting so many people and at the same time you hope to be able to do it gracefully and with a good head on your shoulders and I think it's been one of the most proud things I've been able to do because it's such an amazing platform for young women to be a role model and to also you know share your ideals and the things that you've been doing with others and I think uh, anyone who tries to tear a woman down especially other women that's not feminism that's the exact opposite you know just because someone's choices may be different from the ones that you would choose for yourself it doesn't necessarily mean it's wrong and I would hope that more people who may have been a little closed off or thought that pageantry is silly maybe you know if they hear my story and they realize well this girl she's doing something 
you know, and, and they've seen, they take the time to listen. I think that I hopefully can be one of the people that can change their minds about the work that we do. You know, I am so grateful to you for so many reasons. I mean, number one, when I went through that experience, because it it really, it traumatized me because it's like my reputation was on the line, the decisions I made. And then, of course, professionally building relationships with you was so important to me. And you really showed up, you and Ryan. I mean, there was a sisterhood in those moments, in those days, when we should have been excited preparing for this event. We were like... a couple of calls in our WhatsApp chat. And for me, I'll take it a step further. If you're in a position, we shouldn't be tearing each other down, obviously, as women. But if you are also in a position where you are in media, where you are an influencer, where you have the opportunity to tell a story that could make or break somebody, you need to be even more conscious about how you show up in the world. And as you mentioned, doing your due diligence, because at the end of the day, like we are also influencing future generations to accept or reject us. And as Black, beautiful women, inside and out, and working towards inclusion, diversity, and in these STEAM fields, we even need to be more celebrated because we are at the forefront of a lot of turmoil and stress. And, you know, this work is not easy on any level. And I love that you continue to show up. I loved the camaraderie and the sisterhood. And it will always, for me, be one of the highlights of a year where I did feel burnout and I felt this sense of attack. Mm. Um, So thank you for showing up and for showing up for other people in the ways that you do. And you can hear the passion in Fig's voice where she just really, you can see you have a heart for humanity, Fig. So I would love you to tell us something that you've never shared with anyone else before. Oh my goodness. Okay, I don't know if this is good, but I'll give it a shot. So one thing I don't think I've ever really told anyone was how fearful I was of putting myself out there and competing in Miss Universe Ireland or even speaking on big talk shows or, yeah, just putting myself out there because I think fear, it holds so many people back from so many things and I absolutely nearly let it hold me back from some of the things that I wanted to do. But I wound up doing these things because specifically of my sisters where I preach to my sisters all day long about going after their goals and doing the things that they say that that they want to do and I nearly let my fear of being criticized by others stop me from going after my goals because it, it can be very scary to put yourself out there and wonder how people may perceive you and I think that that was a big fear of mine but I'm so glad that I had my sisters as my motivators to overcome that fear and practice what it is that I preach because all of the most rewarding things in my life have come on the opposite side of fear. They've come because I did put myself out there and in that moment of wondering what people would think of me, being able to just let it go and walk in your truth, that I think has been the most inspiring and uplifting and just freeing experience that I've had. And I think it's one of the reasons why I can just allow for myself now to just be who I am and that I just walk in my truth and it no longer affects me. And I think that has been one of the most beautiful things that has come out of my experience of just putting myself out there and letting the chips fall as they landed. Well, that wasn't good. That was epic. 
we talked about all the million paths that we can take. And so would you take the easy road or the road less traveled and why? Oh, I definitely, if I'm looking back, it would be the road less traveled by. And I think, you know, some of it just comes from the fact that I love to just see what's going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm the kind of person, I like to be entertained. And if I know that the road is easy, I'm like, well, that's no fun. You know? <laughs> it is, so if, if, you know, the road is less traveled, who knows what can happen? Who knows what's going to pop up? And even if it's even if it's more difficult, I just think of, you know, just being a, a, you know, a slightly more dramatic person who loves entertainment, I think I would choose that route just because I would want to see, you know, what does come up. You know, like, that's going to be a story I want to be able to tell. Oh, my God. This is, this is like, my favorite answer so far. Like, I just, I just want to be entertained. What's going to come out the doors? love talking to you. One of the things I really loved, my sisters got to like meet you. And I remember one of my sisters coming back and saying like, she's just so personable and like real and friendly. And I think that is something that we all need to remember is that our role models, and you are a role model, are humans and they're relatable and they are lovely and inspiring. And you have proved to be exactly all of those things. Babe. Thank you so much for being here. Oh, thank you so much. Thanks for having me. I've had such a great time chatting with you. It's so good to catch up. I love watching you as well. You are such a fierce successful woman and I, I'm absolutely glad that we've had the chance to meet and that we've stayed in touch and I'm so happy that I can be on the show with you. Ah, thank you and thank you so much for being here. I will see you on the other side of All the Magic. Alright, thanks. Thank you. Bye, Fig. Thank you so much for being here, Innovators. We'll see you next week when we take on the world one more time.